This is the Lady Landlords Podcast, and I am your host, Becky Nova. This podcast is for women looking to achieve financial independence through real estate investing. Let's get this episode going. I'm live here. I think we got on Instagram. Let's see if we are on the Lady Landlords Facebook page. So, all right. We got people coming in from Tampa. Thanks for joining us tonight. Let's see if I got who's coming on in Lady Landlords. Let me move this quick. Um, All right. Looks like we are on in both groups. All right. So um, I'll welcome everybody. I think we're all set up here. So I am... If you have not joined me, even though you are watching me on my own Instagram or in Lady Landlords, I am Becky Nova, the founder of Lady Landlords, and I hop on in the group and also over my Instagram at BeckyNova24 every single Tuesday night for you guys. This is actually our first now of the new year. Um, We always do a little mini training to kind of kick off for the first 15 minutes or so, and then we head into Q&A where I answer any of your questions that you have. So if there is anything on your mind, make sure to write it down in the chat box now. So that way, when we get to that portion, I'll be able to kind of answer your questions and we can go through that. So one other thing I want to talk about tonight, we're going to be talking about, if you haven't noticed, my background happens to look a little bit better and a little bit nicer than my usual videos in my home in Yonkers, New York. So if you have not been following my story, I am testing out with my husband. We are testing out living abroad. We are down in the Dominican Republic. Um, We're going to be here for a little over five weeks, I think it is in total. And we're testing out what it's like to be able to manage properties from abroad. So I know we all talk about a lot of long distance investing, especially when we're looking for areas that are outside of our high cost of living area. I live in New York. I know a lot of people on here are from New York, California, Washington State, other places where it's just really, really pricey to be able to buy property. And they're always wondering, how do I invest long distance? And I'm here to share with you what I've learned and what our little test experiment, whatever you want to call it, has, um, how that's gone and what you could do to help um, and what you could implement yourself to make sure that you'll be able to be successful at purchasing long distance. Doesn't have to be a different country like what we're doing. But at least it could be something where you can possibly buy in another state and get some tips about how to invest long distance there. Now, as a quick reminder, first, I want to remind everybody that we in Lady Landlords are kicking off our Empire Builders Challenge coming next Monday. That is a free challenge. It's a free five-day challenge that you get um, through your email And it's all about getting past that analysis paralysis. It's moving past that frustration that you have about really wanting kind of your future, what you want to be able to have in your freedom of of choice in your life and making sure that you're able to kind of kick off this new year and kind of just move forward and really make sure to be taking action. If you have not joined yet, there's still time to sign up. If you're watching from Instagram at BeckyNova24, go click on the link in my bio and you can sign up there. Or if you're in the Lady Landlords Facebook group, you can either go look at the pinned post and you can see the link there or write the word action in the comments and I will send you the link so that way you can sign up. You need to be signed up by Monday, so make sure to do it. We have almost 300 women that have already signed up for the challenge, so you don't want to miss out. Um, So that's my little spiel about that. But let's talk a little bit about a couple different tips of what you could do to be able to self-manage your properties while abroad. 
Now, let's first preface this with, you can absolutely use a property manager. I actually have a property manager for one of our properties that we own, oddly enough, here in the Dominican Republic. Property managers are a huge asset. They are professionals that can take care of those things and that you can really just kind of put your head down and be able to kind of go to sleep and not have to worry about those types of things. But you do still have to manage that property manager. So if on the other hand, you're saying, well, let me just do it by myself from the beginning, save myself the cost, be a little more involved, but still not have to then pay somebody else. There is completely ways that you can do this. There are a ton of, of women that are investing long distance and making this work for them all day long without a property manager. So here are a couple tips that's helped me and the way that I set it up to be able to make sure to manage my properties this way. So one of the first things that I will suggest that you do is to make sure that you have systems in place. You want to make sure to have that organization. You want to make sure that things are already running smoothly. If things are not running smoothly when you are, when you're managing a property that could be across the street from you, it's not going to run smoothly with you being in another country or in a different state or a couple hours away. So you want to think, what can you do to systemize that? What can you do to organize this? When I talk about those systems that you should be thinking towards, you want to be thinking towards how do you collect money? This is something that I feel like I see all the time in the Lady Landlords Facebook group where people are still talking about how they are collecting money through um, going and knocking on someone's door and asking for checks or cash or whatever, to, whatever it may be. You want to be able to find a better way to be able to do that. There are tons of different ways that you can electronically accept payments through somebody's bank these days. There are apps like Venmo, Cash App. There are other ways that you can do that where you can still make sure that that's reported, where that still it keeps track of what's coming in. So you wanna make sure that you're still thinking about those different options. You can also use a site like Cozy that will allow tenants to just go and make their payments there. But the idea is that you don't wanna to have to be running around and have to be there physically to be able to collect money from your tenants. You wanna think about systemizing those things. So really you wanna think about that, that money collection and what you could do to make that electronic and make that systemized. Another system that you wanna think about is your repairs. Um, with any type of repairs or maintenance that you want to do that might be something that if you do have a property that's close some of that you might have to outsource maybe you're not as handy as a bunch of other people so you already have that where you have kind of your handyman your person on call so you want to think about what are the things that you absolutely need to have done um, and then that's definitely where you're gonna to have to spend a little bit more time and energy but you want to get a system in place so for example one of the things that i do is we have a my husband and I have an email system set up so that way if tenants need a maintenance request, they're not just calling or texting whenever they randomly are able to join in. They are sending an email and they understand that that mailbox is monitored during business hours. So we're talking Monday to Friday, nine to five. They know if it's an emergency, then you call, then you text, then you get in touch with us. But if it's not an emergency, you were to send an email to that, you just send an email for a maintenance request, so that way we can take care of those things. We have that, we have that all in order and that's something that's nice and that's something that's completely systemized for us. Um, that's something that we have to definitely make sure that like our tenants will understand and then that's just kind of how things work. So that way you don't have people just calling you randomly, being like, hey, I'm having a problem here. Hey, I think that this should be updated. You wanna avoid that. You wanna make sure to still be there for your tenants and make sure to be taking care of the property. But if it's not an emergency, have it sent to an email. Same thing, there are online payment collection systems. There are systems for tenants that you can use that they can actually send a maintenance request in through that system as well. So you might wanna look into one of those property management software systems 
Um, so then that way you have your tenants mailing you through there. You also then need to think about systems of what you're going to do for things that usually this applies more to multifamilies, right? A single family property is going to be a little bit easier. The tenants are going to take care probably of the, of the lawn. They're going to take care of trash. They're going to do that type of stuff. That's not going to happen all the time with multifamilies or a small apartment complex. So you want to think about what you can do to have those things taken care of. One of the things that we had to take um, into consideration, my husband and I, is we own property in New York. In New York, in December, January, February, it's going to snow. It's not a if, it's definitely a when kind of situation. Many of you probably saw my post a couple of weeks ago when we had over a foot of snow in New York. And that was something that my husband and I, we had to not only clean our properties, but we have to clean um, sidewalks. And you also have to, um, and we also have a parking lot. So that's something else that we have to take care of. So we had to put a system into place to make sure that we knew what was going to happen not if, but when it snowed, when those things occurred, what were we gonna do? And that's gonna lead me into tip number two. My tip number two is to make sure to have your contact lists, right? So yes, you have your systems in place, we figured that out. Now you wanna make sure to have your contacts and that's gonna be a system all to itself. You need that to be incredibly organized. You need to know and have all those informa that information with you. So when you're on the go, if you do get an emergency call or you do find out it's snowing back wherever your property is, and you need to get that cleaned up due to city ordinances. You wanna make sure that you can get that taken care of as soon as possible. And the way to do that is to make sure to have your contact list updated and with you at all times. We all walk around with phones these days. You should have all your numbers there and you should have it stored and make sure that you know, especially if you own in different cities, make sure to have those people stored as what their position is and what city they're in or what neighborhood they're in, however you happen to buy your properties. But when you have that contact list there, it makes it much easier to be able to just say, hey, I now got this emergency call. I know exactly who it is that I need to reach out to. This would be the same process, by the way, if you owned a property across the street versus if you owned a property in another state or in another country, it would be the exact same for this. So if you are, one of the things that we actually did was we made sure that in my contact list, we actually have a point person. We have a person on the ground that if an emergency popped off, that if we need something, that that person will actually be there and can be able to take care of that situation. So now I'm in a situation, since once again, we're testing out what it's like to live abroad for about a month and what that's like to be able to still manage our properties. So during that time, we have a point person. So back home, buy our properties, we have somebody that we can call so that way that's that one person that we're calling so then we're not calling this person this person this person this person get something done we can call one person and then from that we know that that situation is dealt with and is able to be taken care of so another person that you'd probably want to be on your contact list would be a realtor one of the things that's going to come up and this is actually something that we my husband and i don't have to deal with in this particular situation but when you have tenant turnover you're going to need somebody that can do showings you're gonna need somebody that's gonna be able to help with that application process and kind of be your eyes and your ears for what it's like to have some of these tenants coming through. So one of the things that you might wanna consider is having a realtor in on your kind of contact list on as one of your team members is somebody that you can say, hey, since this is long distance, I'm not gonna be there. I'm gonna need you realtor to be the point person for showing this property and making sure to get it rented. It's something that you might just have to outsource. Also thinking tenant turnover, you want to think cleaners. You're going to need somebody, if you're not going to be the person doing it, who's going to go in and clean that, pro that property out? Who's going to make sure to get it ready for the next tenants moving in? So that might be somebody else that you need to have on your contact list. The last idea of what you should have on your contact list are your emergency people. I am talking your electricians, your plumbers, 
your people that you're going to need to call and all of a sudden happen to something pops up and you need to be taken care of, you need to make sure that you have a person. That is not the time to start looking for, hey, I need a plumber in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like that's that's not how this is going to work. You need to have that information. You need to know that there's a person that you trust and a person that is um, going to be able to take care of that situation. So I don't care if you have to interview those persons before you go. I don't care if you have to give them a small job to see how they work, but you need to make sure that when you go away and you're managing your properties from abroad, you want to make sure that you have all those people that you need in your contact list. Okay. Now, thinking about some of those things and who's in that contact list now, you might have to think about factoring in a cost. Now, I talked at the beginning about the idea that you might possibly need a property manager. You can absolutely go that route and there is a cost to that. So once you know that cost, that is something that usually if you're going to go with the route of using a property manager, you know that cost up front. And that's something that when you're evaluating and analyzing that deal to buy, you want to make sure to factor in the cost of that property manager. But if you're going to go this route and self-manage your properties from long distance, you want to make sure to factor in these little extra things that you might need. So once again, if you're going to have a realtor that you're going to be using, maybe you pay that fee too. I'm lucky in New York, usually the tenants actually pay that broker fee um, or that uh, rental fee, but not all states are like that. And I understand that. So now if that's something that you're saying, hey, well, I'm going to have a turnover and that's going to cost me an extra thousand dollars to have a realtor get involved to help be able to find somebody for that property. Totally fine. Just budget for that. Make sure that that fits into your numbers. That might be something that you're willing to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take less of a profit because I get to live in paradise where I want to live. And that's something that I'm just going to suck up in that extra cost that one, two times a year that I have to lose that extra 600 bucks because I need somebody else to oversee that. Totally cool. That might be completely worth it to you. Otherwise, you need to make sure to analyze your deals, including all of these costs. One of the other things that you might need to think about is if you go with what I talked about in step number two for your contact list, if you use a point person, yes, it would be great if you had a family member or a friend that happened to live in that area that you knew if you were away for a short period of time that you can reach out to and that would be able to be that point person for you in case of an emergency. But if you're going to have somebody there all the time, once again, maybe not a property manager, but you might want to think about some type of an incentive for that person to be able to help you. So that might be something where you're either bartering or trading with that person. One of the things that we actually did was we have our, my brother-in-law, he actually was nice enough to help us out and he's actually was staying on our property. So he gets to stay there and he gets, you know, the apartment to himself and everything like that. But he also is going to be our point person. So if we need help with something like that, he's going to be there and he can be able to deal with that. So it was really kind of a great trade for both of us. But if you don't have somebody that you necessarily know in that city, you might want to think about what you can actually do to kind of incentivize to have that point person there. One of the things that was also really helpful and that could help with that budget is to think about renting out then your personal place. So what I mean by that is once again, we're now away. So since we're going to be away and since we're gone for that period of time, it clearly gives us a reason to then take our own property and be able to have somebody else stay there and be able to create another income stream by that. So being able to kind of just go away, once again, we're here for a test for about a month, but if I can kind of make some extra money off of that month while testing this out, why would I not do that? That's gonna help offset some of my other costs. Clearly that's not gonna work if this is something that you're planning on doing for the long term and buying and investing somewhere else. So you need to factor in those extra costs when you are analyzing your deals. So those are my three tips of what I have learned during my month here. Um, 
we are now in what is this week two so you guys are going to get to see me here and a bunch more um i'll show you guys around a little bit um i posted a video the other day of the airbnb that we're staying at but those are my couple different tips so make sure to have your systems make sure to have your contact list and make sure to factor in the extra cost and what that's going to be like during that time especially when analyzing your deals if it's going to be something long term so think about that now that kind of completes our little mini training for our tuesday night but the second part is Q&A. So if you guys have any questions about long distance rentals, about what it's like to be able to manage from abroad, if what if it's like to own property in a different state or a different country, like my husband and I do, where we own down here in the Dominican Republic, now is your opportunity to ask. So feel free to go ahead, write your comments down on the chat, and I will answer them here um, live for you so you can get the answers that you need. Also, I'm gonna give you guys a reminder since I know a lot more of you hopped on since we started. Um, at five. Actually, it's confusing to me. I don't know if anybody knows this. I did not know this, but I'm actually in the Atlantic time zone. I had never been here. I had to actually Google what the name of this time zone was so I can switch all of my uh, all of my calendars and everything into this time zone. So it's actually 615 where I am, um, but 515 Eastern Standard Time. So if you missed the beginning of this, one of the things that I wanted to remind you guys about is our free challenge coming up. We start on Monday. That is right around the corner. If you have not signed up for our free challenge, helping you be able to start to take action and move past that analysis paralysis, make sure if you are watching on Instagram at BeckyNova24, make sure to go click the link in the bio and you can sign up there. Or you can head over in the Lady Landlords Facebook group. If you are watching from that site, you can make sure just to write the word action down in the comments and i will send you the link there you will also see the link over in the pinned post within the lady landlords facebook group so those are your options there um all right so we have a question from helena um, i'm going to read it out loud because it's in the instagram page at becky nova 24 so i read it out loud for those of you that are watching from the Lady Landlords Facebook group. So Helena's question is, how do you find your point person if you are not familiar with the area where you are thinking of investing? All right, so Helena, that's gonna be a little bit different. If you are completely purchasing in an area where you do not know anybody, you're probably not gonna be able to have that point person there. What you can do is if you happen to go visit that area, that's where you either wanna make friends with some of the neighbors that are there, Maybe depending on the area that you buy, if there's other multifamilies or if there's apartment complexes nearby, you wanna be able to kind of talk with some of the supers in the area. My secret weapon for long distance investing is joining mom and dad groups on Facebook in the place that I wanna buy. So it might not be able to, you might not be able to find the exact point person that you're looking for within that, the same point person that I'm saying since I can use because I know people in the area where I own, but what you would wanna do for a point person there and how you wanna use those moms and dads groups is you go in there and that's where you can find referrals. That's where you're gonna find out in the neighborhood who is the plumber that everybody's using, who's the electrician that everybody's using, who's the contractor that everybody's using. You wanna make sure that you're then starting those relationships and building relationships with those people that you have referrals for. So that's the only way that you're gonna be able to kind of find some of the good names if you're purchasing in a place that you're completely unfamiliar with. Once then you get to build those relationships, one of those people might end up turning into one of your point persons. So for example, one of the people that I actually have um, in one situation, he's actually the super for a couple buildings over. I was able to kind of reach out to him. I was able to find out that he was kind of in the neighborhood. So that was something that we were able to put him in that situation where he could actually be our point person there. 
And it doesn't happen to be somebody that I've ever met in person, but I can trust him because I know that he knows what he's doing on that side. And then he's already managing a property there. So he's somebody that can call, that I can reach out to that will be in the area. Also, on that note, I do suggest when people think about investing long distance to think about a place where they do know somebody, right? And I mean that as in a place where you've either visited before, that you either have a friend, maybe somebody back from college that you've at least visited once or twice. Maybe you have a family member, a cousin, a second cousin. Sometimes because it's, it's a little bit easier for you to be able to then long distance invest in a place that you've actually been to before. This is totally not a requirement. You can totally buy a place completely unseen. You can totally manage a place that's completely unseen. But that tends to be a little bit scarier of a jump for people to get into. So sometimes you might want to just start off with saying, let me go and think about who, where I've been that I like, that I've visited once or twice before, that maybe I know one or two people there. They don't have to be your best friends, but somebody that you've actually met or that you can call in case of an emergency. Those people are also going to be really helpful because that's going to give you a little bit of a better information on just what the neighborhood's like, where you're buying, when the rental market is, that type of thing. Um, once again, if you don't know any of those, I do suggest joining a local mom and dad's group. Um, those just happen to be the best for where you can kind of get some good information. So Helen, I hope that helps. If so, give me a thumbs up down in the chat box um, or feel free to write a follow-up question and I will make sure to answer that for you. So I'm checking the Facebook group to see what other questions we might have. Okay, Helena, good. I'm glad I answered your question. Um, so one of the other questions that I tend to get often is how to build a team in your other, um, in, in a long distance location. So same kind of thing. You wanna go with a place where you can get some referrals for, right? It's, you can completely, I'm actually one of my coaching clients that I'm working with. There was a market that she really wanted to invest in has never been there, probably will never go there, has never met a person from there. I actually have only met one person that's actually from the city that she wanted to invest in. We were totally able to help her be able to find a property there because what we did was a ton of research into that area, but she had to build her team from scratch. That meant she had to go through and she had to interview different types, uh, different realtors. She had to talk to different types of lenders, different people that were there that would be supportive of what she was doing but she had to find the right person. And not only did she have to find the right person as in like knowledgeable expert, knows the area, that type of thing, but she also had to find somebody that she was actually gonna vibe with, that somebody that was gonna be able to kind of get back to her in the way that she wanted, that was understanding what an investor was looking for and what numbers they kind of wanted. And somebody that was also gonna be really the boots on the ground for her because she can't go to an open house. She can't go to, um, to some of these places to be able to go look at those properties. She has to send her realtor to be able to go do that. So it took a little while to be able to find the right people. Um, one of the things that we talk about if, um, is how to kind of build that team. If you haven't checked out our beginners course, our getting started course walks through everything you need to know about what questions to ask people, how to interview those different team members and be able to get everybody to kind of together for your actual team. So go and check that out. If you haven't checked out our getting started course, head over to lady-landlords.com and you will find our beginner course over there. But that literally lists out the questions that you need to ask to find the perfect realtor, the questions you need to ask to find the perfect lender, everything of that situation. So I hope that, I hope that, that helps there. Once again, the website is lady-landlords.com. All right. 
So I am going to check to see if we had any other questions come in. If you do have a question, um, Sarah actually on Instagram has just posted. Sarah is my buddy. She's down. She's American, but she lives in New Zealand currently. She just travels the world and she manages her properties abroad. Sarah, actually, I gave you a shout out earlier on um, this message earlier on my podcast, my live here, just because I know that that's something that you do, that you are the one that really has been so inspiring to me about how to make managing properties abroad work for you. Um, so I thank you very much for inspiring me. And that really is something that has brought me here to the Dominican Republic with a little more ease, kind of just knowing a little bit of tips from you too. So Sarah, if you have anything you want to add in the chat that maybe will help some of the, the viewers about what your number one tip for managing from abroad would be, go ahead and please share that. I would appreciate it um, because I know you're the expert on this topic for sure. But um, what I will do now, since I don't see any other questions in the chat box, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a tour here. Let's see if I can do this on both my, because I stream both on my phone for Instagram and my laptop for Facebook. So let's see if I can actually do this here. I don't know if this can be possible. All right, let's see if make sure I don't drop my phone or my laptop. So this here is our complex. So we have a bunch of different units. We're actually going to be looking at some of them. Next week, what we're going to be talking about actually is purchasing short-term rentals because that's something actually my husband and I are going to be looking into while we are here. So we have a couple lined up. My goal for the year was actually to make sure to analyze a couple deals down here and then make sure to look at some of those properties. So that way I don't have to stay in somebody else's Airbnb. I can stay in my own. So you see there's a bunch of them here. That's one of our two pools that we have in the complex. Um, we have another that's a little kiddie pool down there but down that pathway about two minutes past that is actually our other pool and then that is actually followed by the ocean so it's about a three minute walk it was great i finished my day job and i was able to get there in about three minutes so i was really happy with that and so far so good the plan and our little experiment and test about living abroad while managing our properties by ourselves has been going really great. So I will check in with you guys next week. I'm gonna be talking a little bit more about short-term rentals, Airbnbs, and how to analyze those deals and how to make that system work for you. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday um, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be doing that time while I am here in this Atlantic time zone. Um, and once again, make sure to, that you signed up for our free challenge starting Monday. Um, thank you all for tuning in and I will see you all next Tuesday. All right, have a good night. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review for the Lady Landlords podcast. This helps make sure to share a message with others that can use the similar information. Thank you very much for helping grow our community. Remember, there's a new episode every single Tuesday, and I'll see you back in the Lady Landlords Facebook group.